That's how we preach in the villages, as you know. Uh, Joshua, you're up. Uh, my name is Hugh Pilter. Yeah, I, run, I manage an organization. We help children. We call Jesus Loves the Little Children. So it's a, it's a wonderful name that God gave me. Um, and it's so cool to say. Eh? Um, and I'm up in Kigumba, Kirandongo district. Um, praise God. Go to the... Yeah, just stop there. That's fine. Okay. Uh, all right. Christian books. When I finish one, I like to give it away. Why do you want to keep it? Who wants a book? Max Lucado, The Last Week of Jesus' Life. Uh, this is Charles Swindle, Laugh Again. It's all about coping with stress, and uh, it's a really, really good book. Yeah, these, I get these from Kampala, Kampala Road. Paul, a book about Paul, really good. Written in a nice kind of preachy style uh, by uh, also Charles Swindle. Mike Bickle, teaching CD about Jesus' words in John 17. You got a CD player? It's really good stuff. Uh, Popular Mechanics magazine. These things are expensive, so I don't want to throw it away. Yeah, it's good. Mechanics, engineering, science, chemistry, physics. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Isn't it? I don't know why science people don't like us. Hallelujah. Good. Yeah, so just quickly, because you, this church supports this ministry work with children. So just, these are just some pics on my phone. I'll just quickly show you. This is John. He's actually, he's not falling over. So John uh, broke his leg about a year ago. They didn't do anything with it. Now it's really infected. The whole bone is infected. Uh, and their mother brought him to us. And the leg was all weeping pus constantly. And, uh, well, we sent him to the hospital. They wanted to cut it off. But uh, the mother ran away with him. <laughs> and uh, came to us. So um, we, we're using a local clinic. And we're treating his leg. And it's dried up. So that's good. Uh, but we need to keep praying for John. Mwambo John. Okay? We don't want him to lose his leg. Next pick. This is just stuff we do. Um, yeah, this little boy, Elijah... Uh, he's got, they're not too bad, but they're slightly deformed feet. He needs special shoes. That's something else we do. We send him down to Corsu or Catalemwa in Imperere. Really good center for the disabled. Yeah, next one. Yeah, next one. Uh, next one. So he doesn't need an operation, but he needs some shoes. And then we pray the fair. And actually, their parents have a little bit of money, so hopefully we'll get them to contribute. Okay, that's Elijah. Great. And this is, uh, this is Opira Brian, and uh, his right foot is sort of deformed, uh, and just recently we have trying to get that sorted out. It's better if you can do these things when they're little, so that foot is really rigid and everything. So he's had three operations, which we've sponsored at Corsu, and he went down, took the cast off. They said they need another operation. Uh, and they said it's going to cost over two million. So um, we said, no, you, we said to the Guardian, beg, beg them, beg them to bring the cost down. They brought it down a bit. Then I was talking to the social worker. 
And then they put me onto the head of finance at Corsu Hospital. That's down near Entebbe. And a really good hospital. And then they said, uh, you come down, you come down. So I met the head of finance. And then I had a meeting with the CEO. A really good meeting. So God was in it, actually. And um, because I was coming down anyway, uh, and he wants to work a bit more with us and have an MOU, and he said, and I said, we've got a lot of kids waiting and we haven't got any money this year. And he said, oh, well, if you've got kids waiting, send them all to me because I can get sponsors as well. So that'd be good. Yeah, we've got a lot of kids with uh, club, club feet, club feet, a boy with knocked knees, you know, and, and other little things. They need operations. So that's something we do. Uh, what's the next one? That's, yeah, that's uh, Brian's foot. Okay, next one. There's a one with the group, no? The group photo. Okay. So we do that, children with disabilities, and we pray with them. We had a healing meeting recently, and the church is full of kids with disabilities, and uh, we prayed for them all. Uh, and they'll will, they will come from the villages, and um, that was really good. Uh, and we uh, do physiotherapy, and we have a physiotherapist who goes around the villages for free. It takes it all week to reach to go up to everybody. Uh, and then we have a school sponsorship program. Um, and um, go to the other slide. Um, the other map. And so the, really the poorest kids... You know these churches have a project and they just help their kids. No, we don't do that. We really try and find the poorest kids. Some of them are Muslims. Some of them are Catholics. We don't care. Uh, we just look at how poor they are and, let, and God also guides us as to who to help. Uh, there they are. That's a school sponsorship program. All different tribes. And uh, yeah, different churches and things like that. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and that was the day we, we showed them, uh, we always have this club, try to meet them every month. And we had the Jesus film in Swahili. And uh, we just, we didn't show the whole film, we just showed the end, the uh, death, crucifixion and resurrection. And uh, um, seven children came forward and two of them gave their lives to Jesus. And, and five were recommitments, which is also good if they're serious. Amen. Okay, go back to the map of Israel. Praise God. Acts 10 and 11 is where we've got to. Um, and um, you're going through Acts, obviously. So when you go through a book like this, which is a good idea, there's going to be an element of teaching, but you also want to make sure there's some preaching in it, right? Yeah. Sometimes uh, people are very good at preaching, and they, they need to make sure they bring in a little bit of teaching as well, okay? So the first part is going to be more teaching, and then hopefully we'll bring some preaching in, amen? <clears throat> Praise God. Let's just pray. Father God, just pray. You speak to us now by your Holy Spirit. Speak into our hearts, teach us, encourage us, rebuke us, bless us, we pray now, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. 
So I was preparing this with the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to read you the whole of chapter 10. Okay? But I want you to be thinking about it and picture it in your mind. Okay? Because uh, it's great. It's really good. So, um, relax, but still focus and concentrate, okay? This is Acts chapter 10. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Oh, and this? Yeah. Oh, well, that's okay. Yeah, put the words up. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. So he's a Roman. A devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms, that's gifts, to the poor, generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? Lord with small l, that's like sir or master. So he said to him, Your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God has cleansed you must not call common. This was done three times, and the object was taken up into heaven again. Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, capital S, Holy Spirit, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man who fears God, and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them 
and some brethren from Joppa accompanying him, uh, people with, P- with Peter. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to him, to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? So Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your arms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. When he comes, he will speak to you. So I sent to you immediately, and you have done well to come. Now therefore we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who is ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Verse 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, Christian Jews, who believed were astonished, as many had come with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.
Can somebody bring me a, contain, a glass of water? Thank you. Hallelujah. That's chapter 10. Now just quickly, we're going to spend more time in chapter 10, but just, I'll just uh, briefly go through chapter 11. So then Peter goes back to Jerusalem, and um, the, at that time all the Christians were Jews, you see. And they thought Jesus had come to the Jews to save them. So all the, all the believers were Jews. So they, they were a bit upset. Thank you very much, Maureen. And they said, why are you going with these Gentiles? That's everybody else who's not a Jew. That's probably all of us. We're Gentiles. And uh, they said, you know, what are you doing? And uh, Peter started to explain, and he gave them testimony of what happened. And then they rejoiced and realized that... Um, Verse 18, chapter 11. Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life, they said. So they came round and they were very happy. Um, so this is significant. Okay? The gospel is now going out to other people. Then, um, then there's a little section about how um, after the, the, the death of Stephen, which you've had, right? Um, there was a great persecution in Jerusalem and that area, and all the Christians scattered, which was a good thing. So that's how God uses this crisis, right? So they all were scattered around, and they took the gospel with them. And so there were, there were Josh, uh, Jimmy, show me that map, the, like the one of the bigger area. <clears throat> the, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that one, good. Um, there's Antioch in the north. So things started happening in Antioch and the, the Christian Jews started preaching and sharing and people started getting saved up there too. And so Barnabas was sent up there to see what was happening and it says Barnabas was a very good man from Jerusalem uh, and he stayed there and probably helped with teaching and correction uh, and then he went and got Paul from Tarsus. Oh, that's something to do Up the north, where Paul had been like just kind of sort of hibernating and praying and reading the scriptures. And he brought him down to Antioch. So Antioch became a bit of a center for, for Paul uh, and the gospel as well. And then the last bit of chapter 11 is um, Prophets came from Jerusalem. There's one called Agabus, prophesied, uh, prophesied to be a famine. And so they got together and sent relief down to Judea. That's a great map, um, Jerusalem area. I guess it's more prone to famine. It's quite, I've, I've been to Jerusalem. It's, there is desert very nearby. Amen? Praise God. So, um, God had to really speak to Peter to, to, to really nudge him and say, yeah, this is gospel is for everybody. Maybe they were thinking that that would be sometime in the future because as, 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 um, um, as we just heard from Acts 2, verse 17, Peter himself preached 
that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And um, even in Matthew, at the end of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, right at the end, before Jesus goes back into heaven, he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. But they seem to be a bit slow at getting this. So, um, Peter, so God gives Peter this vision of animals that, you know, the Jews had a lot of laws about what they could eat uh, uh, as well. So God showed them through this vision that the gospel, God loves everyone. God was for everything and said, don't call things that are unclean, don't call them unclean, that are clean, I've made clean. So that was the context in which Peter went to Cornelius' house. Now, praise God, bit preaching now. Time is okay, yeah? So, Cornelius says it was a, he was a Roman, but it says he was a, a man who feared God, a devout man who prayed every day, well, prayed it always, gave, gave generously to the needy, uh, and his household. Uh, and then it says, uh, and then the angel came and said, your prayers and your alms gifts have come up for a memorial before God. So God, so Cornelius' faith and prayers and actions became a thing of note. So God was, obviously he heard all his prayers, but it came almost like a tipping point when God said, okay, I can trust this guy with the gospel. He's ready for it. He's ready for it. Okay? And, and his household, which is great. Um, so for us, God, um, God is looking at us and he wants to trust us, okay? And he's watching you and your faith and how your faith is growing. And faith is, is trust. Don't say, oh, I wish I had faith like that person. Because your faith is up to you. It's your decision how much faith you have. So God is looking to see how much he can trust you. And he has plans for you. Amen? Remember uh, Jeremiah uh, 29? Verse 11. Let's just read that again. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. So God has good thoughts for you. Good plans for you. To give you a future and a hope. So God has plans for everyone. And their plans that come at the right time. As Rory said, um, God gives you the right thing at the right time. God has plans for your life and he will take you in stages. 
and the, each stage will be right for you. It will be challenging. Uh, it might be hard, but it will be the right for you. God will not ask you to do something that's too much for you. So, as you, as you continue in God's will, He takes you forward and He takes you on. Uh, me, I now live, I live uh, in one of these little courtyards. I rent two rooms. All my neighbors are Ugandans and uh, I live very simply. I couldn't have done that 10 years ago when I lived in Tanzania. I needed my own house. I needed my Mzungu house with my Mzungu things. But that was okay. That was me then. That was okay. God used me then. But now he keeps changing me and um, you let go of the things of the world. Amen? And I buy local food. Uh, when I come down here, Moira gives me lovely food, <laughs> which is great, which I don't normally have. Um, and I really enjoy it. But yeah, but that's fine actually. I, I can live like that now. When I was, last week I was in a little village church. They gave me a bag of vegetables. I didn't even know what they are. But anyway, I took them home and cooked them. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> so God takes you on in stages. Um, and but sometimes we miss it yeah God has actually big plans for your life and uh, I would never have imagined you know I'm doing what I do now and how God is using me because I'm in the right place and in his will and uh, submitting to him that's another whole sermon and so as I submit to him, he can use me more. Amen? So I say to you, don't miss when it's time for your next stage. Don't miss it. And I think most Christians, a lot of Christians, never actually live out the full plans God had for their lives. And they miss it. And maybe they come to a point when... God said, I want you to go to this place. And they, they had a hundred reasons. And there's always reasons for not doing it. And because uh, I don't want to give up my job and I need money. And what about, I want to have kids. And uh, where am I going to live? And I can't do that. And I don't have any confidence. And uh, that can be a good thing, by the way. It makes you rely on God more. People with a lot of confidence who come, who are missionaries, can be a real nightmare. <laughs> we need the humble ones, <laughs> the obedient ones. So don't miss when God comes to you with the next stage. Uh, God told me in 2015, come back. You told me to come back to Uganda. And... Uh, I didn't know where I'd live or, I didn't, or where I'd have a house. I didn't have any money. I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I used to work for other organizations. Now he was just telling me to work for God. God organization. And uh, before people, somebody paid for the luggage and they took me to the airport and, um, and I had insurance and everything. Now it's just me and God. Um, it's kind of scary and good. But it's great. It's, it's really living. <laughs> but God will 
he might not ask you to do that, but he'll ask you to do the, the right thing at the right time. Um, when, I, when I was still quite a new Christian, hey, that's better. It was a bit booming, wasn't it? Um, uh, um, yeah, I was like still a new Christian, and I was leading a, 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 some of the children at the local church, and I was helping at the Sunday school. You know, you get saved, and they immediately put you in charge of Sunday school. And you're like, I don't know anything. Um, so I was like with the sevens and elevens on a Sunday morning at this little Methodist church, and, uh, which at that time was really good. And then God spoke to me, and he said, um, I want you to um, have a midweek Bible club for these children. In your, I stayed with my parents at your parents' house. Well, in those days, I didn't know the voice of God so well, but I could sense him speaking to me, telling me this. And, um, well, when I say I didn't know his voice so well, that sounds like restrictive, but God will speak to anybody, anytime, right? Through anything. Um, and so, but I kept putting it, you know what I mean? Dodging it. And... Um, just like trying to ignore it, but it wouldn't go away. You know, the Holy Spirit, he keeps knocking. <laughs> uh, and so finally, after several weeks, um, if you're listening on the podcast, you missed that. No? <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, I thought, I got, I got to really ask God, is this God? Is this you, God, telling me to do this? And so I went to the church when, when no one else was there and, and prayed, and somehow... And God managed to speak to me through a verse that was on a bookmark, actually. <laughs> um, and I said, okay, I've got to do this. And I had a hundred reasons not to. Like, um, I'll be at work, I'll be late home, and then I won't have time for my dinner. Uh, and a uh, hundred excuses. Uh, so finally I started it. And, so, and it was so easy because I had Scripture Union materials and they'd color in a sheet. We'd read the Bible, pray, uh, answer some questions, go home. And it was really, really good uh, and um, right for me at that time. But after about four or five weeks, I went off to Bible college. And that was the end of it. Because I delayed, we only had like five weeks of it. And those children missed out. And uh, that was a shame. So I want to say this morning, is God telling you something? Was God asking you? Has he been asking you to do something? I'll remind you about that at the end. Then, <laughs> praise God. Amen. The other thing I wanted to talk about was this wonderful thing, wonderful time when the Holy Spirit came down on this meeting. In chapter, at the end of chapter 10. Uh, Peter, in chapter 11, verse 14, says that the, we didn't get it in verse chapter 10, but when Peter's recounting what happened, he says that the angel said to Cornelius, 
Who will tell you words by which you and your household will be saved? So the whole household was ready and waiting, not just Cornelius. So this group were waiting and open to God. And that's really important for the Holy Spirit to come. Amen? Um, the Women's Aglow movement. They say that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He won't, he won't force you. He won't, uh, he won't, you won't be slain in the Spirit if you don't want to be. He's not going to make you start shaking if, you, if you're not ready for it. Or whatever it is. Or laughing uncontrollably. Um, he's not going to, he's not going to come. Don't be afraid of him. Amen? I mean, he is God. It's the same God, Jesus, Father, the Holy Spirit. By the way, I might have said this before, but when I was a new Christian, uh, this lovely other Christian who had been a Christian a long time said to me something which wasn't correct. He told me that in God, there's a hierarchy with the Father, then the Son, then the Holy Spirit. It's sort of the Holy Spirit is at the bottom. But that's, that's nonsense. They're all together. They're like this. All working together all the time. And sometimes you don't know. Is that Jesus? Is that well, the Father? They're all working together. So don't, you know, the Holy Spirit is working, doing what Jesus and the Father want. They're all together. Amen? So don't be afraid about the Holy Spirit. And don't worry um, that He'll do something to you. Just be open to Him. It's God. That's why I keep saying God, the Holy Spirit. So be open to Him. Um, Peter um, preaches the gospel. Where's Jimmy? Is this what you preach, Jimmy? So Peter says um, Jesus was anointed by God uh, with the Holy Spirit and with power. Um, he was killed, uh, resurrected. And by him, we receive forgiveness of sins. Amen? Amen. Is that the gospel? Yes. And he's coming back. He doesn't actually say that, but he does say he'll be judge of the living and the dead. So um, that's what we believe. That's what we preach. Amen? But don't feel like you have to cover all that every time you talk to somebody at work. Okay? Because they'll get really fed up. But when you, when you work with someone, you know, and they're not Christians, you just look for opportunities. Amen? And just share something. And if they don't want to talk, it's okay. You know, uh, what did you do at the weekend? Yeah, I went to church. It was great. <laughs> then <clears throat> maybe a week later, they'll ask you something else. I worked on this uh, construction site one time. A huge construction site that was building this power station. And people got to hear I was a Christian. I mean, there weren't many Christians. These guys were hard. These guys would uh, get drunk at the weekend on this construction site, get in a fight, go to prison for two weeks, and then come back to work. <laughs> now, one guy had this T-shirt, the nightmare has returned. So I was very quiet when I first went there, worked on this site. Uh, but people got to hear I was a Christian. One guy, this scaffolder, said to me, don't preach to us, we're animals. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. Uh, <laughs> um, 
But slowly, you know, they're like watching me. Is this guy a Christian? Let's see. Does he swear? Let's see what he's like. They're, they're watching me. Actually, this guy, um, forgotten his name, but he used to try and wind me up, you know? He used to try and make me get angry and things. And after about a year or a half, year and a half, something like he actually like opened up to me. And he said, actually, I pray. I pray before I come to work. I was amazed. This other guy, this uh, foreman, uh, John Ross, he had a wooden leg. And he was like hard as nails. And you could hear him swearing before you actually saw him. Yeah. And um, like these, these people knew I was Christian. And he said to me one day, you, uh, you go to that church in the high street, don't you? I said, yeah. My wife goes there. Wow. <laughs> you never would have believed it. So you don't know. Um, and in fact, he became a bit of a... When I go, go back there and I see him, he decided to stay there and live there. He's like, Hugh, Hugh! <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, um, so, yeah, witnessing. Um, sometimes you have to go poly poly. So that's the gospel. Uh, hallelujah. So these people were open to God and, and, and ready for God. And um, I, I think I get this now when I read this. The, the, the presence of God. In fact, the presence of God was really strong in the worship, wasn't it? And just that makes me happy. And then to be in His presence is wonderful. Amen? Thank you to the worship team. Mm. So, because when you want a church, you want to touch, when you go to church, you want to touch Jesus, right? We do that in the worship. And you're blessed because my church, we don't have that. We have the praise and then we go straight to the sermon. And we don't really have much worship. <laughs> so I love coming here. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. The presence, the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, who's, you know, the Holy Spirit is on the wor- in the world at this time, right? So we need to be open to Him, okay? Because He's the one here. And He came, and the presence of God was so strong, and the people started to speak with tongues, verse, 9, verse 49, and magnify God. Uh, and those who came with Peter were amazed that they were praying in tongues. So that was really significant, that they were praying in tongues and the presence of God had come on them, amen? And that they were magnifying God in the Spirit. So this was a really strong manifestation, we say. That really means that God uh, like um manifest becomes real like so you can be in church hopefully not here but God doesn't manifest and people are like we don't want the Holy Spirit to mess up the order you know and uh, there's lots of churches like that I even met a pastor the other day and he was like spirit filled COU guy and people would say to him hey you're spirit filled and you're COU that was the COU people said that um, but not criticizing them too much. 
But yeah, so God like appears and does, starts doing things, you know, and miracles or people getting blessed. <clears throat> you, really, you're just, you feel God, amen? <clears throat> and someone, you know, gets delivered from a demon. Someone else starts laughing in the spirit. God manifests, and he can manifest at different levels, okay? And this is a really strong manifestation. The presence of God was really strong in this place. Amen? And they started praying in tongues. <clears throat> and I just wanted to ask this morning, um, if you can pray in tongues, and if you've been filled with the Spirit. Because you get saved, and some people just stay there. I think my dad was like that. He believed that Jesus Christ died for his sins, but then he didn't, he didn't grow as a Christian. Uh, and, and that's a shame. For whatever reason, um, he didn't want to allow God to really come in and lead his life. Amen? So you can be saved, but is Jesus your Lord? Amen? Is Jesus Lord of your whole life? So do you want him to be Lord of everything? Amen? And do you want... See, I think, like I say, God, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. So you get saved, and then God is watching you to see, are you ready to be filled? Will you, are you, will you welcome me? So I want to ask you today, if you've really been filled with the Spirit, and if you'd like to be, um, and if you would, maybe you'd like to come and I'll pray for you now. Because the Holy Spirit is here. Is there anyone here who wants to really be filled with the Spirit and you've never had that, but you're saved? You can just come and we'll pray for you, don't worry. When I was uh, at Bible college, we were out somewhere visiting and uh, they were like, oh Hugh, you're leading the Bible study. What? That's what it's like at Bible college. They said, you're, you're going to lead the Bible. And I talked about the Holy Spirit and there was one uh, young girl was listening. And when she went home, she prayed and was filled with the Spirit in her home. So that might be you as well. Amen. Praise God. And then lastly, I was talking about uh, when God is asking you the next step, the next thing, calling you, some people call it. And if that's you today, if there's something that God is calling you and you've been putting it off, you don't have to tell us what it is. But maybe you'd like to come forward and just recognize that before God. If anyone here, God is speaking to you about something, it might be he wants you to go to Sudan. It might be he wants you to stay at home and look after your grandmother. You know, but he's asking you to do something. Does anybody like that? Would you come forward and I'll just pray for you? We'll pray for you. Otherwise, also open it up. 
to anyone who really wants to say, God, my life is yours and I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. You can also come forward for prayer. Anybody here like that? That you, you want to say, yeah. Whatever it is, God, I trust you because I know you won't ask me to do something I can't do. So you come forward like a commitment at this time to say, yeah, God, I'm ready for the next step, whatever it is. I know it will be the right thing because you know me better than I know myself. So whatever you ask me to do, whether it's help with the children or do more evangelism or visiting or be a real prayer warrior or start something maybe God is calling you to start something or you're just willing you don't know what it is to come forward Amen Praise God. The rest of you, we're going to pray together for these. Amen? Why don't you all stand? Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, you see these before you now? And they're here to say they're ready for whatever it is you have for them, God. And they trust you that you know the right thing for them. How far you can push them. What was too much? And what are they ready for, God? Because you know us. And you have plans for us. Good plans for the future. Because you know everything, God. You know everything, God. You know what's going to happen. And you know what is right for us. And you want to use us for your works. But also you want to draw closer to us. And as we commit ourselves more to you, the closer we get to you. And as we serve you and rely on you, and sometimes in situations where we're just really relying on you, that's when we get really close to you, God. And that's what you love, God, because you created us for fellowship and to be in your love, to live in your love, and to share your love. And so for these, God, we pray, see their hearts, see their minds, and fill their spirits, O oh God. And show them the next thing that you have for them. Whatever it is, it will be right, and it will be individual, because you know each of us, God. So bless them. See their commitment, God, we pray. Fill them, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, touch them, lead them. We're all different, God. You know how to speak to us. Lord, use them for whatever it is, maybe a change of job, maybe giving up your job. It'll be right, God. We can trust you. Time of change often feels like a crisis, but that's just the way it is. We can trust you, God, 
Jesus, you're the good shepherd. You guide us by your rod and staff. We can trust you, Jesus, to guide us and lead us and work with us. Paul says we're co-workers with Christ to work with us and lead us. Bless these, God. And anyone else you're speaking to, God, continue to speak to them, Holy Spirit, just like you did with me. I thank you, Father. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a big round of applause. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. If you do want to go home and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you, you do that. Do some, do some, look at some verses. Like that story, but look at some other verses about the Holy Spirit. Amen? If that's you and you want to be, go deeper with the Holy Spirit, he never spoken in tongues. You can do that at home, in your bedroom. Amen. Amen. Praise God. That's Acts 10 and 11. Great. Okay, guys, so um, we've got some Starbucks coffee for you at the back courtesy of Moira and uh, Cake and the rest of it. Please do stay, get a chance to chat together, get to know each other. Um, challenge you to go and talk to someone you don't know. Um, try not to always go to the people you do know, um, especially when you're new to church. It just feels so much more special when someone in the church comes up and says hi to you. So please make an effort to do that um, and to, to greet everyone here. Otherwise, have a great Sunday and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, God bless.